Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you become the kind of advisor people can't help talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild, and on this week's show, Steve and I are joined by Shauna Mace. Shauna is the Head of Practice Management and a Managing Director with SEI. She joined the company recently, bringing more than 15 years of experience in working with advisors, including creating and running her own consulting business. I would describe the focus of this conversation as laying the groundwork for real success. In particular, we focus on the role of confidence in success, whether that's overconfidence or underconfidence. I love these kinds of conversations because they can get very real. Shauna breaks down the idea of confidence into three key areas, competency, coherence, and community, to give you a framework to take action. And with that, let's get straight to our conversation with Shauna. Well, Shauna, welcome to Becoming Referrable. Thrilled to have you here. Welcome, Shauna. Hey. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yay. You know, I uh, when I first reached out to you, you were working in your own firm at the time, which was Inspire Growth. And but but even as we were talking, things were sort of changing in your world. So maybe you could just give us the an update on where you are and the work that you're doing right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I talked to you just before the change. But so today I am head of practice management at SEI. And that if if I had told myself I was going to be doing that January 1, I would have said no way. Um, that wasn't in the cards, but really it, it came about because what I was doing, the work I was doing with Inspire Growth, so growth consulting and coaching, uh, I had two main goals for, for 2021. And those were one, to launch the new brand, Inspire Growth, and then two, to figure out how to scale the advice I was giving to advisors, uh, largely REA, but but you know, financial advisors and their teams around growth. And, and so I did, I did the rebrand, um, the beginning of the year and the next focus was really on scale. How do I scale? And so I had ideas about how to do that. And, you know, interestingly things, you know, dots connect when you look backwards, there was an opportunity at SEI and I, I knew John Anderson who, who was running practice management at the time. And he, I saw this opportunity and I reached out to him. I have enormous respect for, for what he for him yeah. and what he yeah, does. Great guy. Great yeah. guy. <clears throat> and I just, the more I learned about, about the role and about the firm and the people and the solutions they have for advisors, it became very clear that this was one, I couldn't not do this if I, you know, at least put my hat in the ring. And two, this was how I was going to scale. Uh, because the, the problem they were looking to solve was the same problem I was looking to solve, which was how do we scale advice? How do we scale advice and support for advisors to help them and their firms and their clients grow? And so I've, I've joined just uh, over a month ago and really excited about the work we're doing around providing, developing, building, and providing practice management solutions to advisors and their teams in a very scalable way. So more to come on that in the future, but I'm excited. I'm very excited about what we're building out. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's kind of interesting too, because as you talk about that, I think we, it's easy to get trapped in this idea of like, I have a goal and this is the path, but you actually looked at the goal instead of the path and realized there's actually another way to do what I'm trying to do. Right? And I don't know if we always kind of hit pause and, and ask ourselves that question. Um, maybe it, we should. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, yeah. I mean, this was not the path, right? This is not right. the path at all. But, you know, having clarity, what I know and 
when it comes to growth. And maybe we'll talk a little about this, but having clarity on the goal, on what the future you want is, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there is an aspect we can control. There's a whole lot we can't control. And sometimes we just have to like opportunity comes and we have to be eyes wide open and be willing to try it. Even if it's not the path that we expected. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a, it's a great example too. You know, a lot of people, when they think about goals, they, they, they think about the goal and then they think about a path and then they just sort of stop there. But it's, you know, a lot of people aren't as creative as, as they might be about, you know, well, what different ways could I get there? And that, that just like for you, it could open up some really interesting paths. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for advisors, right? Different ways to deliver advice and different. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's an interesting thought, but you know, the, the reason I had reached out initially, because I read a particular article that you had written and the first line in there was the pursuit of growth requires the belief that it's possible, which is another way of saying you need confidence. And you had me hooked at that point. So I was (laughs) all in. Um, But can you just talk a bit about what, you know, what that means to you. Yeah. So, and we talk about clarity, you know, growth, so much of growth we focus on is like having a strategy and having tactics and having a plan and where we don't, I think, spend enough time. And Steve, I think you were alluding to this, Stephen, you're alluding to this. It's, it's around the commitment, right? It's around having a commitment and taking the action. Um, so one, we have to believe in order to have the intrinsic motivation to take the action. But at the end of the day, if we're not feeling safe and secure and, and confident in our ability, whether we'll talk about the attributes, but in our ability to achieve the goal or make some progress towards the goal, we often don't even take an action. And so it doesn't matter how great your plan is. If you're not taking steps toward it, taking actions toward it, you know, your chances of success are pretty much nil. So um, I really do believe that. And what I've learned in working with a number of advisors over the years is, you know, having confidence is something that I think everyone struggles with in different, at different times in different ways. And the way I see it manifest as far as growth is that it really, um, lack of confidence really can, can, enable you or disable you from taking the actions you need to take. Because oftentimes it's outside of your comfort zone. These are new things. If you're looking to grow and expand in ways that you haven't today. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, um, it's really interesting. And we want to talk more about that, that confidence and, and what it means. I, I want to ask sort of maybe tangential thing just for a minute. How do you balance um, the, uh, the need to have a goal that you can be confident in versus having a big enough goal, you know, to inspire and to really change your business. I've, I've spoken with a lot of advisors, you know, and I'll say, what's your goal for next year? And they'll say, you know, to increase business 15%. And I'll say, what's it been for the last three years? And they'll say 15%. Um, so how do you balance the, the, the feeling like, you know, you can achieve it versus the Jim Collins, big, hairy, audacious idea? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, one, when, when I, when I do teach on round goals and effective goal setting, one of the things we talk about is, you know, is it attainable, right? How attainable is it? And yeah, we don't want to make it on one hand, we don't want to make it, you know, a layup, right? It's too easy unless that's what you want and that's fine. But how do we, how do we really push and move the needle and, and kind of in a way that isn't overwhelming, right? Or so big and scary that we don't take the action. And one of the ways that I like to work with advisors and their teams and helping them kind of understand and gain confidence in order to take those steps is to, we start with the, you know, whether it's the big scary goal or whatever the goal is, 
and and we work backwards and we break it into very uh, small, tangible, tactical steps. And so, you know, I like to break goals. I personally don't think that we should be looking too, too far out. So I like really like one year, maybe three year goals, but then I like to break it into quarterly, monthly, weekly, even what am I doing daily? Like, you know, really break it down because when we start to break things down, one, it gut checks, is this reasonable? Is this realistic? Maybe it's not. And maybe we need to revisit the goal. Um, or if it's not, what else can we change in order to make it realistic? And then two, it gives us real clarity about and, and a game plan as to what do we need to do or what do I need to do this week? And oftentimes it comes down to something as simple as I need to take one, uh, make sure I'm doing one business development activity this week. And this is how we define business development activity. So it really forces you to kind of check in, is this realistic? And then two, it forces, you know, in order to do it well, I think you, you do need to work backwards. Um, and I actually have a tool for that uh, goals. It's called goals to outcomes worksheet, where it is about you start at the largest goal, that big goal, and you go right to left and work backwards into figuring out how we're going to actually do this. And what does that look like at a very small scale? Yeah. I'd, I'd love to that's that's really I, I mean that's such an important part. I want to before we even leave the the notion of of confidence kind of go back there um, because it strikes me that a lot of us I'll put myself in this category um, you know do a very good job of <laughs> masking low confidence. Right? We may be in roles that's all very out there, but. Um, and it's quite insidious, I think, because it's not as if you're consciously saying, well, I don't feel terribly confident. Therefore, I'm not going to take this action. You literally, it's just like internal. You just don't do it or you don't find yourself doing it. But that feels like uh, a big deal. And I, I, I imagine you must see that a lot in this industry. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I Really, it's interesting and kind of shocking. And the reason I wrote the article is because it was coming up so often in the conversations I was having with clients, with prospects, with just, you know, whether it was advisors and their teams or just even peers where, you know, what I realized is at some points, if you're growing, if you're progressing at some point, you inherently are going to lack confidence because you're pushing yourself outside of your mm -hmm. comfort zone. And it's, it is something that the, the challenge is not letting it stop you. And so I think that self-awareness may be a big part of just, you know, yeah. kind of knowing it's coming happen it's normal so now what do i do about it yeah yeah absolutely and so if, if you're if you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone then how do you maintain that confidence well i i think about it's a great question and i think first it's the self-awareness right so when am i feeling and i tend to think it does tend to be more in your subconscious. So it may be like kind of a little bit, um, like I feel when I feel nervous or lack confidence, I feel it in my body. Everyone feels it in different ways. And so starting to one, understand what that feels like for you. Uh, what are the signals that are unique to you? They may be different for me than they are for the both of you. And so kind of, for me, it's like, my stomach gets really tight and I'm like holding it all in. I'm not breathing. Right. And so we all have these different cues. So one is just becoming aware of what your cues are, uh, where you're uncomfortable. And then, you know, two understanding that there are ways in which you can work through it. Right. So there are, when I think about confidence, I think about kind of three attributes, there's competency, 
So just how well, you know, if I'm maybe I'm uncomfortable because I don't really understand, I don't have all the information or the experience or expertise in a specific situation. So I'm outside of my comfort zone when it comes to competency. So in that case, it may be, I need to become more competent um, in this subject, in this area, um, you know, whether it's maybe it's even like more comfortable on video or whatever the thing is that's making me uncomfortable related to competency. That's one area it could be. The other is um, coherence. So is this aligned with my values? So again, if I'm not feeling like if there's a misalignment, there's lack of coherence, um, it's not aligned to my purpose and values. It just it doesn't pass the gut check, literally. Uh, that's another signal that this may be something that is not like there needs to be some evaluation or reevaluation about is this the right decision? Um, are these the right partners? So kind of like you got to listen to yourself and you trust your gut to some extent, or at least give it a chance to speak. The third, the third aspect of confidence is community. So this, I, or the way I think about it at least is community. So this idea of um, feeling like you're in a space that's safe, where you're supported, where you can fail, because we all fail. So, um, you know, if I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, you know, going and talking to a friend, talking to a mentor or a trusted, uh, trusted person and getting another perspective, I'm looking outside of just myself into my, com my community to look for help to help me work through that. Hey, it's Steve. We'll get back to the show in just a minute, but first I'd like to make you an offer. Every week I send out a tip or an idea to help you become more referable. It might be something I picked up during an advisory board meeting. It might be an idea from one of our amazing guests. Every other week I announce a new interview on the podcast, so never miss an episode. Or maybe it's something I picked up from a new research report. And I deliver it right to your inbox. Would you like to become a little more referable each week? Then send an email to steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and I'll even throw in my latest alert, five reasons you need to listen to your clients now before someone else does. Just put five reasons in the subject line. That's steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and put five reasons in the subject line. And I'll send you your free guide right away and then a little tip about how to become more referable every week. Now, back to the show. Can you can you think of any examples if if our goal is growth as we sort of where we started? Where does misalignment come in? Like how, how is it maybe the way I'm going after that doesn't quite fit with how I feel I should be or I feel too salesy or I feel like maybe talk about that a bit. I think yes. And all of the above, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways we can feel misaligned. One example that I see a lot is, you know, we set these goals that one aren't attainable or maybe they're too low. Like we're just saying we're setting a goal because we need to set a goal. Um, two, it could be the way in which you're approaching the goal is again, misaligned. So for example, if you're serving, if, if you're serving, uh, you know, an older client set and you, yet you're trying to be more digital and really push the needle as far as how you're, you're serving those clients. And it's just, there's a misalignment between, between who you're looking to grow with and who you're serving and how you're doing it. Like the approach doesn't make sense. Um, you know, I think that you, there's inherently a lack of confidence because you're like, I'm doing what I'm hearing is the right thing, but I kind of know it's not the right thing or it's not working for me and I'm not acknowledging that. So I think there's just, um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's where you don't necessarily buy into, or maybe your team doesn't buy into the approach or strategy too, right? So that's another area where the people on my team don't have confidence in the approach. And that's going to, you're going to feel that amongst your entire organization, if that's the case. And, and the impact of your progress is going to be, you know, there's going to be a direct impact to the amount of progress you can make. So uh, al- alignment is certainly values and, you know, kind of doing what's the right thing and also coherence as far as not just your values, but I would also think about like, who are you serving? Is this in alliance with their values right. too? And the people on your team? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And we've been talking about having enough confidence so far, but you also talk about being overconfident. Um, that never happens. In our no, business. no, no. <laughs> I've never seen that once. Exactly. Especially about. not in our business. No, never, um, never happens. So, <laughs> so um, how is, how is that a problem? Well, you know, we are all overconfident at times all of us. Um, there's a really famous research study about, they asked, you know, kind of how are you, do you rank above average as far as your, your ability to drive a car? And I think it was something like 70%, 70, 70, yeah, yeah. 70 <laughs> right? So like, that's impossible. <clears throat> 70 plus percent of us cannot be better than average. It literally is statistically impossible. So, you know, I think there, we are all overconfident at times. And um, that there's different reasons why that happens. And again, I think this, this, there's this idea of, um, Adam Grant has this great book that's new out called Think Again. So this idea of like being open to questioning yourself and allowing others to question you can be a really good way. Like, let's not assume that we're always right. Even if we have historically been right in a certain area, maybe it's because we're so competent. So I think about advisors, they tend to be very competent in specific technical areas that maybe most of us aren't, like investments or planning. Um, Now, that doesn't mean, on one hand, that's great, yet we also know, based on research, that the more more competent you are in a certain area, you have more ability to have bias or overconfidence because you're so expert, you tend not to see, almost like blindside, uh, blinded by, by your expertise. And so I think, you know, there are areas where we all we all are overconfident for, you know, a lot of times different reasons, but first just remembering that that is something that at some point in your life, you're going to be overconfident and, and allowing and welcoming others to, to give you feedback and check you and, and hold you kind of accountable to reality is going to be an important way to, to keep that in check. One of the ways we sort of see that manifested as well as when, um, Actually, one of our clients put it better than I ever have. And it's, he said, you know, we're not a proxy for our clients. He was talking about this idea that, you know, we're terribly confident. He didn't say it in these words, but we're very confident. Therefore, we know what our clients want, um, right, instead of, of hitting pause. And, and you know, that's a, that can be a huge miss if we're, if we're not willing to ask those questions. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and, we, and Julie, you and I have spoken about that before, about, you know, you might think, but you really need to go ask. But, but Shauna, what what other ways can overconfidence manifest itself? Well, like, how how else can it cause a problem? 
Yeah. So when it comes to growth, the way it could manifest itself is that, you know, you go down a path, you make an assumption about what the right approach is, strategy or tactic. You may go down that path and, you know, you don't hold yourself accountable as far as just, you know, getting feedback. Is this working? And so you keep going down the path and you're like, it's not me, it's something else. So excuses, you know, a lot of excuses can happen or just wasted time and effort, time and money and effort can happen. So being so, um, kind of focused or I want to say narrow-minded on like this one, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way, and and really not stopping to check in, is this working? And so one way you, you know, it manifests itself is, is wasted effort. And I think a lot of frustration when it comes to growth. So what I see in, in specifically in business development, when we think about growth is our people have been putting a lot of effort in marketing or in business development activities, and they're not reaping the results. And so they just, you know, they assume it's, it's, it's not me, it's COVID or, or we're just terrible. My team's terrible at sales or, you know, these kind of overarching generalizations that just frankly aren't true, or maybe there's some truth in them, but it's not hundred percent true. And it can lead to some really negative feedback loops and um, not so great activities that don't produce the sort of results that you want to see in your business. I, uh, you know, one of the ways I've seen uh, low self-confidence manifest is, is that people freeze, right? That they just don't take any action. And, and I think that really relates to uh, clients as well, right? For advisors thinking about when, when clients aren't doing what they need to do, is there, is that really what's at the heart of that? And, and do they also, in addition to looking at their own level of confidence, do they need to become better at helping their clients understand that? I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, part of when I think about working with advisors or even working with someone on a team, part of the role is helping to identify where there may be some gaps or weaknesses mm-hmm. around areas where they're not confident. So again, if I think about the structure supporting confidence in my mind, it's again, competency, coherence, community, maybe they don't understand competency. Maybe it's not aligned with their values or not mm-hmm. feeling great about the approach. And then community, they just, um, they feel like they're doing something different than others. They're not comfortable with that. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great point. And you've mentioned, um, team a few times. And so one of the big risks is that, you know, you may be pursuing something and your team may not be on board with that. So, you, you know, you, we might, be, you might become more confident about your efforts in that direction, but how can you help your team get on board with you if, if there are any questions in their minds about reaching those goals? Yeah, the first, I think it's a great question. And, and especially given the state of, you know, the industry, we, what we see is we, and we know is that founders are really driving growth in a lot of organizations where there's like one or few key people who are driving growth. And I think when I think long-term, that's going to be a challenge, you know? So I think that's a great, a great question to, to consider and start to work through today. If you're, if you are an advisor and you have a team. So, you know, how do you how do you get buy-in from your team? How do you get confidence from your team? I mean, one step, one very basic step that I recommend is that you share the goals that you're 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 or even include them in the process if that's possible as far as setting goals, but certainly at least be communicating what does success look like. I mean, that's a very kind of easy way to start. 
Uh, the other way you can get bit by in it and, and gain confidence from your team is to provide them with clarity on not just what success looks like, but what is their role in helping to achieve that. So again, clarity on, on roles and responsibilities. We know, um, we know that people love autonomy. People want to develop the skills that matter to them, and they want to feel a sense of purpose and connection. And if we can help support those things, so help them and provide them with some autonomy, not tell them how to do it, but provide them with, say, this is what we're looking to accomplish, and this is your role, you know, would love you to, to be part of this. How can you see yourself helping to add value or helping to help us grow? And I believe that no matter what your role is on a team, um, everyone can, they don't have to, but can help support the growth of a, of a business. So that really this idea of building a culture of development is something that I'm encouraging a lot and, and asking for advisors when I'm working with them, please like bring in the people who are going to be responsible for executing on this or are going to own these processes or are going to be important as far as measuring the metrics because they need to be involved in, they need to be involved and have a voice in this while we're building it out, not just at the back end. Yep, the uh, three pillars of self-determination theory. It's great to hear you bring that in. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the, well, and it's straight, this may be nuanced, but, you know, we started just that conversation with how do we, you know, get the team on board, basically, for our own level of confidence. And, and, and But it, it seems to me that one of the greatest gifts that we can give our clients or our team is to help them become more confident, right? Which mm -hmm. is a more sort of more down that development path is, as you said. And I don't know, I hear a lot of people talking about it in those terms, right? It's skills development. It's, you know, all of these things, but this, like, this is at the core of what allows people to succeed. I mean, have you seen anyone trying to tackle that with the team, trying to instill confidence in, in that way? Oh, that's a great question. Have I seen anyone? Um, yes. So I have, I've seen, I've seen some firms who really have taken, they tend to take a pretty collaborative approach to their business where uh, I'm challenging them a little bit to, to uh, really look forward. So what does the future look like? And what is your role as the leader in the future? And what is your team's role in the future? And so when they start to look forward and they see and they realize like, I can't do everything I'm doing and I don't wanna necessarily do everything I'm doing in the future. I think it inspires them to start to recognize how can I think about the, the people I have today or maybe there's future people I hire uh, to help fill the gaps or help play the roles that are going to be essential to our ability to become this future version of ourselves. And, you know, what I found is that, you know, there's usually at least one or two, a few people, and if not more, that they really already do trust people on their team that they trust, they, they, have confidence in those people. And so they're willing to bring them in. So it may not be the entire team. It may just be one or two key people that you are kind of grooming as, you know, future, future leaders or are grooming to own parts of the business, like the operations or the development, um, bringing them in and really focusing your efforts there and then kind of, they then like, a, there's almost a ripple effect. Yeah. They then can, can, provide this sort of, you're modeling this leadership, you're modeling uh, this management, and then they learn how to do it and can really help you scale. Because I think people at the end of the day are one great way to scale. And oftentimes I would start by looking internally before you look externally. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're just making me think about, you know, how we develop our teams and the kinds of resources we offer. And, you know, maybe we should be thinking about great programs on grit or mindfulness yeah. or confidence building and whatnot, in addition to the stuff that we do. <laughs> how, how to use Excel well, more effectively. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Well, I mean, listen, the technical skills are important. Yes, yes. But if we think that's short-term benefit, yeah. the long-term benefit, what are you, what are you looking for long-term? Is yeah. it the next future, next generation of leader? Is it scale? Like it may not be you who's driving this. You may not want it to be you. So yeah. How do we, how do we develop people and provide them with the opportunity and, and the autonomy to, to grow, to tap into their potential and, and really expand? So let's, let's, do you want any more about the team, Julie? Or, no, I no, I was about, sort of thinking about referrals and maybe coming Yeah, back well, let's, yeah, so let's get in that direction. So we, we've talked about um, the confidence and the effect on your team. Um, what, what, what kind of effect would that confidence have on clients and, and how, how, if it's possible, could you transmit some of that confidence to clients? So it's interesting. You know, we know, I think we all know, if you can imagine someone, if I said, okay, think about someone who's really confident, we could probably could pick, there's a person that probably pops up in our head. And it's interesting because when it comes to clients and referrals, one of the best ways to gain rapport, trust, buy-in is the nonverbal communication that you provide. So this kind of, how, how are you showing up confidently? Less about what you say, more about how you show up um, or what you do. So, you know, when I think about increasing referability as far with clients or with with partners it's really about things like doing what you say you say you're going to do you know being prepared showing up energetically you know looking the part a lot of it is more nonverbal i think it probably is more important when it comes to refer for referability and that's how we're building trust in the first impression we all know that matters a whole lot um, it's less about, I mean, obviously you have to be competent and you have to know your stuff at a basic level, but it's less about what you say. It's more about how you say it. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine that if the advisor is feeling that level of confidence, I'm going to feel the confidence in the plan. I, I'm much more likely to talk about that as well. I could, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, there are characteristics that make some people feel just more like, okay, you're, you've got this, you've got me, right? Versus, uh, and it does come through in a lot of nonverbal ways, I think. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I, I'm interested in sort of where we started, because, it, it, you know, this, this stuff is all true, but I don't know that we all have the level of introspection to even recognize it in ourselves sometimes, and, yeah. and to see how it's impacting. I see it in other people, right? <laughs> That's when it becomes clear, but uh, maybe we need to hold a mirror up uh, from time to time. Um, and it, and so, so you're saying when it comes to referrals, just how you show up, is there anything else that you can see uh, in the connection between confidence and referrals or growth that you think is important to talk about? Oh my gosh, there's so many things, um, <laughs> which I know you all know. And uh, I, I referenced this in our, right before we started about the referability paper that you did with mm -hmm. SEI, which I, I really, you guys did a great job outlining the components, but what I see in working, having worked with advisors for a number, for many years, as far as 
confidence and referrals, the one thing I would say that people aren't doing enough of is really being very intentional and practiced around how they're talking about who they serve, what they do and why it matters. And I don't mean, I don't mean to just have them talk, just be talking about yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, being coming really like practicing that language and, and having consistent language that your team can use, they can make it their own. That's fine. But everyone in the organization being able to articulate eloquently, confidently, authentically, you know, who you serve, what the impact is, like, you need to be painting a picture for, for the people around you all the time, like not just every once in a while, as it's convenient, but all the time planting these seeds, um, these refer, referability seeds, in a way where people understand who and, and why and when to actually send someone your way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that when any of us is deeply, deeply confident in the value that we deliver, these conversations become much easier, right? Because you literally mm-hmm. just want to say, I just want to help. I know I can help. I want to help. And, and we don't tiptoe around that idea of, of helping. Well, why would we, right? But uh, so I can see how that connects. Shauna, maybe just if, if advisors want to connect with you, what's, what's the best way to do that? The best way would be LinkedIn. I, I do a lot of sharing um, mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn's a great way. It it's at so my my LinkedIn handle is Shauna Mace. Mm-hmm. So really simple. So you look me up there and follow or connect with me. And hopefully you'll gain some value too. And I'll be sharing some good content um, around refer referral refer referrals and <laughs> other business growth activities. That's and Shauna, would you uh, spell your name for us? Because there are a couple of ways people could approach that. Sure. It's S-H-A-U-N-A and then Mace like the spray, (laughs) M-A-C-E. There you go. There's something we won't forget. Well, thank you so much. You do share some great content. So I definitely encourage everybody to connect. Um, I know I get a lot of out of it. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Shauna. And hope to see you again soon. Thank you both. This was great. Hey folks, Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.